0: In um, this uh, podcast, I thought what I'd do is talk a little bit about um, what it's like to be on a trip or or out um, wherever, really. It might be out on a boat, uh, photographing um, sea animals, whales, um, seals, that kind of thing. Or you might be on land. But what are the kind of things that um, you should expect if you're planning to do a trip like this and you haven't done one before? So I've got a few um, prompts for myself here. (laughs) about what to expect so the first one is mosquitoes and bitey things Um, so obviously uh, one of the things in your preparation is to look at the prevalence of things like malaria and dengue fever and other um, diseases that are spread by primarily mosquito bites but other animals as well and depending on the length of your trip you may decide to take anti-malarials that kind of thing but the problem is that a lot of them are essentially antibiotics, and if you take them over an extended period, say several months, they can do damage to your body. And so I've I've had this um, in Southern Africa, and I um, was kind of in two minds whether, whether or not to take um, antimalarials to start with, and I decided to do it. But by the time I was about three months in, I was starting to have stomach troubles myself. And um, in fact, talking to somebody who was leading Uh, that particular volunteering uh, project she uh, lived in uh, Mozambique which is where I was and she didn't take them for that reason so I think there's a couple of things about this is if it's a short trip and you're able to take entrepreneurial probably a good idea to do that because it gives you that extra level of safety but whether you're on a short trip or a long trip another thing is to just think about your clothing so I like to wear lightweight long sleeve shirts and long pants and um, that reduces the chances of getting bitten anyway. Secondly, um, I use a repellent with DEET, which is the, the thing um, that most people go for at the moment. Often I'll, that's combined with a sunscreen quite often. Um, the mosquitoes will avoid the parts of your body that are covered. But do remember that if you haven't, if you've missed a bit, the mosquitoes will often find um You know, where you haven't applied it. So, it is something to think about, and you really need to make your own decision on what you want to do. I'm certainly not recommending anything one way or the other. Um, And if you're in doubt, I would recommend talking to a medical professional about what's right for you. But this is just something to think about. Now, another bitey thing you might come across, or more of a stingy thing actually, is scorpions. And this is more relevant if you're camping out or sleeping in a sleeping bag on the ground. Scorpions are attracted to your body heat and they have a bit of a habit of either getting underneath ground sheets or if you're if you leave your sleeping bag rolled out during the day they might find their way in and people definitely get um stung by, mos- by mosquitoes by scorpions That have decided to make a home in their sleeping bag. So, a couple of tips there. One is to uh, make sure that your sleeping bag is rolled up tightly when you leave it during the day. Um, And often you can roll it up within the ground sheet, just roll a whole lot up and strap them together tightly so nothing can get in. And then when you do get in, just be a little bit careful you know, shake the bag out, open it up, unzip it, and shake it out to make sure there's nothing in there and um, take a little bit of care so um, a few minutes at the beginning of the day just uh, rolling everything up and then uh, really a minute or two just checking the bag out before you go to bed are certainly well worth it Uh, now another thing um, that i've got here is colors and smells so uh, again with colors avoid wearing anything that's very bright very brightly colored when you're um, certainly tracking animals on land so that would mean with your, your regular clothing, just go for light colours, um, a sort of drab colour is good, um, sort of light browns, light greens, that sort of thing is very good. Uh, failing that, blacks are good. Um, but, but don't go out in some sort of wild Hawaiian shirt outfit, that's really going to make you stand out and it won't do anything to help your chances of finding animals. Sorry, that would be a message. <laughs> um the other thing is on your camera gear. Um, I've got quite a bright... I've got one of the Canon Pro lenses, and it's white. Uh, I prefer to put a spray cover on that, which is um, grey. And um, that, I find, helps me blend in a bit more as well. Now, the other thing to think about is smells. And um, when we would, when I was tracking um, elephants in Namibia, one of the things we were told was not to wear any deodorants um, or anything, any strong sense while we were out there because animals um, they're very sensitive to smell it gives them all sorts of information about who's around and what's around so you don't want to be um, uh, adding an unusual smell to the situation when you're tracking so um, it's just something more to expect when you're out in the field but if if you're told not to um, wear any deodorant that's fine you know your your natural smell Um, will be fine I hope Um, in most cases uh, for both the wildlife and the people you're with Um, another thing I wanted to mention is dust so I've already mentioned that I use a cover on my uh, camera usually that's a spray cover so dust dust, dust is a problem obviously getting on your lens you need to be regularly cleaning your lens but if you're in an area where there's very fine dust, it can get between the camera body and the lens, and that can start giving you all sorts of problems. So, if you do need to change lenses, be very careful. I often um, have a blanket or a cover or something I can put over the whole camera, and then do the change under cover, so there's no or well, there's a minimum amount of dust floating around to to get in, and um, particularly onto the sensor. Uh, Ideally, um, I don't change lenses at all, so typically I've got two cameras with me, one with a uh, long zoom and the other with a wide-angle zoom on it, and uh, that way I don't need to change lenses. Uh, The long zoom is what I primarily use, so that'll have the spray cover on it. The other uh, camera and lens I don't have a cover for, so I'll generally stick them in a camera bag and just pull them out when I uh, want to use them. Um, something else to just be conscious of as well is that you're probably going to have to wait. I mean, you might get lucky. Things sometimes happen straight away. Um, other times, though, you've got to wait and sometimes that might be several days. And um, if you're visiting a place for a short period, you have to be prepared that you might not see anything at all or at least the, the animals you've primarily uh, gone along to see. So that, unfortunately, unfortunately, is just the name of the game. So do be prepared to wait. On the other hand, be ready to take a shot straight away. So one of the things I'll do on the camera is turn off the auto power off, um, certainly for things like whales, because it can all be over if it's bridge, it can be over in a couple of seconds, So uh, and and the camera's still turning on. If you've got a land situation, then you might well be able to get away with it, because things usually don't happen that fast. But if you've got, say, um, a cheetah chasing down an impala, that can happen very quickly and it's very easy to miss the shot. So my general recommendation is to switch the um, auto power off. off. If you're concerned about draining the battery, um, switch the camera off manually when there's, excuse me, nothing going on and taking um, a chance. Uh, If you're able to recharge the camera every day, then definitely do that. Um, If not, then you're just gonna have to, I I use the uh, bolt on extender on my Canon bodies which allow me to um, put a second battery there. So that's one way of getting around that. But that um, obviously can work better if you've got um, certainly the option to recharge every day. You ideally want uh, battery power to last you two or three days if you can't get access to power, in which case you're going to have to ration um, yourself a little bit. So, yeah, I guess the point there is... um, You know, be ready but for things to happen straight away. Always have your camera equipment ready. But be aware that you might well have um, days where you don't see much of anything. Um, The other thing that um, I always like to do is make sure I'm with a local guide because they will know the area. they'll, They'll know the best places to go. They're very good at reading spore. And I've spoken about that in another podcast about tracking. But spore is anything left behind by an animal Um, it could be dung it could be footprints, it could be damage to vegetation could be absolutely anything so that is a story it's like standing um, on the ground and looking around you and that spore tells you the story of what's happened in the last few hours the last few days Uh, The trick is being able to read the language, and that's where the guides come in, because um, most of the guides I've been with are very, very good. They'll know by looking at the tracks how old they are. They'll know by looking at dung how old it is. Um, If it's cold and dry, probably a few days. If it's warm, wet, and full of dung beetles, um, that's very recent. So you get these kind of clues to tell you what's going on and where things are. the other thing that they might do, if you're look, particularly if you're looking at predators, is to, um, if all else fails, just hang out where, where the prey animals are. Because um, sooner or later, your predators are going to come along and um, try and take an animal. So that's one thing to do. Now, that can be very boring if nothing's happening, but it does mean you have to stay alert the whole time uh, while you're with the uh, the prey animals. And the final thing I wanted to talk about, this is quite a short podcast. Is just always be ready for the unexpected. Be, and I don't just mean be ready for things to happen very quickly. Uh, I'm also thinking about unexpected shots. You might just get some backlighting happening, or um, um, you know, an animal will just set itself up against the skyline, so it looks pretty, pretty interesting. But, but what I mean really is um, be open to other photographs, other images that you hadn't particularly planned for. So you might be hoping to get, say, a whale breaching. If you're watching um, humpback Whales, you might be looking for a predator to chase an animal. Or you might just want to catch a a picture of a predator doing anything. But sometimes other animals, there are other things happen. Um, So um, one thing I'm just thinking of now is a, a picture I got of a chameleon that I'm quite pleased with. Uh, But that was seen by a friend who um, happened to see it as we were driving past. And how she saw it, I don't know, (laughs) because I couldn't see it when I was standing right next to it. But um, yeah, be ready for other things that that pop along. So uh, that might even be trees, light through the trees, all sorts of things like that. So that really is, um, I could talk more about behind the scenes, but these are probably the key things that... um, So the overlap a little bit between what to expect when you're actually on a trip and also what to do at the planning stage to make sure that when you do get get out there where you're going, you are um, ready to uh, make the most of the situation because for most of us, we're not able to go out every day and um, see these animals or potentially see these animals. So when the opportunity comes along, we really have to be um, on the ball, uh, really at the top of our game Uh, to make the most of the opportunity and one of the ways to help you uh, in that scenario is to um, do a little bit of preparation and be a bit more clued up about what to expect when you get out there so that's it for this podcast i hope you uh, if you are going away on a trip i hope you have a great trip and uh, that um, this has been helpful and um, i'll speak to you again on um, another podcast so bye for now just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now.